With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, Liz Wheeler Show, episode 419, take one. So police officers shot and killed a woman by the name of Takia Young in Blendon Township, Ohio. It's about two hours from where I grew up. Takia Young was pregnant at the time, so both she and her unborn child died. The video is tragic. We're gonna watch the video because I think this might be one of the instances that conservatives are getting their analysis about this police-involved shooting wrong. And I wanna walk you through what my thought process is on this. So the defense that I'm hearing from conservatives and from Republicans is that this woman was suspected of having shoplifted alcohol. Police suspected that she was the perpetrator of um, of this crime. So they stopped her. She was in her car in the parking lot. She refused to roll down her window. She was not complying with their request. She resisted arrest, essentially resisted um, interacting with them in the way that she should. And then she turned her car and accelerated out of the parking spot. At the moment that she accelerated her car, one of the police officers who was standing at the front of her car, although towards the corner, kind of by the headlight, fired one round through the windshield, presumably hitting her in the head because she was killed by that one round. And the defense that I've heard from a lot of conservatives is that while she used a car, which is considered deadly force, and it is, I understand that, is considered deadly force. She used a car, she tried to uh, ram this police officer. He would have therefore then had a reasonable cause to fear for his life, in which case use of lethal force is justified. That's the argument that I heard. And before I watch this video, that argument made sense to me. Just because someone is not, just because a perpetrator, a suspect, or someone that's about to be arrested is not armed with a firearm themselves, doesn't mean that they don't pose a lethal threat to police officers. I think Michael Brown is a perfect example of that. But I watched this video finally, and I've now watched it probably two dozen times because the defense that I'm hearing from conservatives doesn't match what I see when I watch this video. So I wanna walk through this video and watch it with you and tell you what I see and the problem that I have with the analysis that we're hearing from conservatives. So let's bring this up on the screen. Like I said, this is in Blendon Township, Ohio. In Blendon Township, Ohio, so you see the police officer by the window of her car, that's that's the first police officer. The second one, you can see his firearm. And then you see the her turn her wheel to the right. It's very quickly, very quickly. I wanna rewind this and show it again. I wanna, I wanna show it again. So watch for the police officer with the firearm in the bottom left corner and watch what Takia does with the steering wheel when she accelerates. So she turns it first before she accelerates. He's at the front of the car. He just barely steps to the side and she very slowly drives off to the right. So when I'm watching this video, when I'm watching this video, I'm looking for her to use this car as a deadly weapon itself. I'm looking for a police officer who had reasonable fear for his life. Now, when I say reasonable fear, I'm not talking about whether he as an individual feared for his life. I'm talking about would anyone 
in that circumstance be reasonably afraid that their life was at risk? And my analysis of this video is no. He was at the corner of her car. She turned her steering wheel completely to the right and then very slowly lurched forward. Now, there may be lawyers watching the show who are gonna write into me and say, that doesn't matter. This is a split second decision. You can't tell if someone's going to slowly lurch forward or if someone's going to uh, speed and ram a cop. This, this is legally justified and perhaps that's true. But if it is, I think we have a problem. Because if that's true, that the expectation that this woman, even if she was shoplifting alcohol at six months pregnant, which is an abhorrent thing to do, even if she resisted arrest, which is also an abhorrent thing to do, and yes, let me make this point very clear, had she not resisted the police, none of this would have happened. This all could have been avoided if A, she didn't commit the crime that she was accused of committing, if she actually did commit it, and B, had she just cooperated with police. This all could have been avoided. All of these things can actually be true at the same time. But if police are justified using lethal force against a suspect because a car lurches forward slowly and the cop was standing at the upper corner, then it seems to me there's almost no limiting principle on when a cop could be justified using, using lethal force. So attorneys watching this program can, can better tell me based on Ohio law whether this was legally justified. Law enforcement personnel have been writing into me for the last day and a half because I posted this opinion. I posted my thoughts. I asked you guys over on X, formerly known as Twitter, am I missing something? Because I've watched this video a hundred times and while I see the car veer to the right, lurch slowly to the right, I don't see this using the car as deadly force to try to take this cop's life. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You guys can tell me if there's something that I'm missing, but it seems to me in this case that conservatives might be echoing or blindly following the idea of back the blue as a response, a knee-jerk reaction to not wanting to take the side of Black Lives Matter, which, let's be very clear, I am not either. So Black Lives Matter responded to the shooting in the way that you would expect Black Lives Matter to respond. They are twisting the facts. They are accusing police of systemic racism. They are uh, accusing this particular police officer of being racist, although there's no indication that, that race played into this at all whatsoever. If there's evidence of that, show me. If there's evidence of that and it's obvious, I'll stand side by side with you and decry that. I don't see that there's evidence that race played into this at all. That doesn't matter to Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter just wants to demonize police because they don't believe in law enforcement, because they don't believe in 
the rule of law because they want to destabilize our criminal justice system, because they want to topple the governmental institutions that make up our free society. So Black Lives Matter, of course, protests in Ohio. You can see this on the screen. And I don't agree with them. I think Black Lives Matter exploits tragedy. I think Black Lives Matter is an evil Marxist organization. And I think many conservatives, even good faith, well-meaning conservatives, analyzing the situation don't want to criticize police, don't even want to question this because they don't want to appear to be associated with Black Lives Matter. And listen, I get that. I don't want to appear to be associated with Black Lives Matter either because they're a bad and evil organization, but it is a problem when conservatives blindly, quote unquote, back the blue. Police officers help keep our communities safe, and we're grateful for that. There are a lot of heroic men and women who serve in law enforcement agencies, but at the same time, conservatives have somewhat forgotten that police officers are agents of the government with a license to kill private citizens. Police officers are someone are people who should be viewed with some, some amount of skepticism, not blind trust, because they are agents of the government who have a license to use lethal force against citizens. So I encourage conservatives and Republicans to make sure you're thinking independently about each and every instance. There's no one-size-fits-all analysis for every police-involved shooting across the country. That's the narrative Black Lives Matter would have you believe. That's not the truth of the matter. There are good cops and there are bad cops. There are skilled cops and there are unskilled cops. There are tragedies that could have been avoided but are legal. There are tragedies that aren't legal and could have been avoided. And it seems to me that in the case of Takiya Young, um, certainly this was a tragedy that could have been avoided had she not committed the crime that she was accused of committing, had she cooperated with police. But the defense that I'm hearing, the defense that I'm hearing from conservatives and Republicans that the cop was justified shooting her and her unborn child, killing both of them because she lurched to the right in her car, even if under the letter of the law in Ohio, even if that's legal, that doesn't sit right with me. It simply does not. Meanwhile, Elon Musk and X are at war with the Anti-Defamation League, which might seem like a strange enemy to have because the Anti-Defamation League, this is the mission of the Anti-Defamation League. It is, quote, to stop the defamation of the Jewish people and to secure justice and fair treatment to all. It is at least formerly a re reputable organization, an, uh, an organization dedicated to a very moral cause, a just cause, and yet this organization has been hijacked. I find this story to be very interesting because oftentimes on the show, you and I will talk about celebrities, for example, who make a comment about transgenderism and say, you know, kids shouldn't be trans and at all when they're children. We should, we should wait until adults, until they're adults to allow them to have surgery. And even if a celebrity or a musician or somebody like that makes a comment that's just common sense, we all agree with it, inevitably, a day later, within 24 hours, that celebrity is withdrawing what they say. They're contradicting themselves, they're apologizing for being hateful, saying that they, they need to learn more about the transgender community because they realized they were unintentionally transphobic or something ridiculous. And I think one of the questions that we all often have is between the time that a celebrity makes a comment and then, uh, and then says, I take that back, and this is true of corporations as well, between that time that a, a sensible comment is made and that comment is taken back, we assume that they've gotten the phone call. We assume that someone has called them and bullied them into submission, but if you're like me, then you wonder, well, 
Who is that phone call coming from? Who actually picks up the phone? Who's doing this bullying? And what do they have to hold over the heads of these celebrities or, or corporations in a sense? Like who's behind corporate wokeism? Because it's not that every single big company in the country is run by radical leftists. Every CEO out there isn't some committed ideological Marxist who wants to trans the kids and indoctrinate people in critical race theory. So who exactly are the people or the organizations that hold the power over the heads of celebrities and actors and corporations? And we finally are getting an answer to this on a couple of fronts. With Bud Light, for example, after the Dylan Mulvaney fiasco, we found out that Bud Light is not inherently a woke company, or it wasn't until they caved to woke pressure, woke pressure coming from um, an organization or a sub-agency of the human rights campaign. The sub-agency is called the Corporate Equity Index. And agents of the Corporate Equity Index would actually go to the headquarters of different big companies, big corporations, and threaten them and say, if you don't, promote transgenderism, if you don't promote employees who are transgender, if you don't hire transgender spokespeople like Dylan Mulvaney, then we will rank you on our public list as an unfriendly place to work for queer people. And a lot of these companies fear their reputation being smeared, fear being publicly shamed, and so they cave. Well, that's in the case of Bud Light. In Hollywood, it's less, it's less organized than that. It's more like, it's more like North Korea. In Hollywood, it's rat against rat. So, you know, in North Korea, Kim Jong-un forces family members to rat out family members. The enforcement mechanism isn't necessarily always state police. It is people being so brainwashed that they turn each other in. That's kind of what it's like in Hollywood. In Hollywood, there's just this, this, this toxic mess of committed ideologues that bully each other, bully their friends to keep it in line. When it comes to censorship, when it comes to the speech police on social media platforms, Elon Musk is pulling back the curtain on exactly who is the most powerful entity and the most powerful person at this powerful entity that is forcing social media companies to comply with very radical leftist principles or very radical leftist agenda items on restricting free speech. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And the organization responsible for this is, believe it or not, the Anti-Defamation League. So let's dive into exactly what happened to X, as Elon Musk has detailed, and what the Anti-Defamation League is doing to companies who dare to spend any ad dollars on Elon Musk's X. So this war between Elon Musk and the, uh, and the Anti-Defamation League, the ADL, began when the president of the ADL, his name is Jonathan Greenblatt, 
met with the CEO of X, Linda Yaccarino. Now, Linda Yaccarino, you know, we're pretty skeptical of on this show. She doesn't seem to be as committed to free speech as Elon Musk. She seems to actually support a censorship regime. I don't know if it's just Elon Musk's way of playing good cop, bad cop with advertisers to have almost a figurehead at the forefront of his company so that advertisers feel that they have an advocate. I don't know. But she met with Jonathan Greenblatt, the president of the Uh, or the CEO of the ADL. And this is what he posted on X after the meeting. He said, I had a very frank and productive conversation with Linda Yaccarino yesterday about X, what works and what doesn't, and where it needs to go to address hate effectively on the platform. I appreciated her reaching out and I'm hopeful the service will improve. ADL will be vigilant and give her and Elon Musk credit if the service gets better and reserve the right to call them out until it does. And here's immediately where it gets tricky because the ADL, the the stated purpose of the ADL to stop the defamation of the Jewish people and to secure justice and fair treatment for all is a very important mission. The ADL has in the past uh, been one of the most reputable sources for documenting the number of anti-Semitic incidents, violent incidents in this country, which is an important thing to document and to hold people accountable. It's an important thing to know so that we can fight against this. But what this president of the ADL, Jonathan Greenblatt, is doing now is using the uh, formerly built reputation of the ADL um, as somewhat of a shield. And he's pretending that his just blatantly leftist activism is part of the effort by the ADL to combat anti-Semitism, and it's not. So I want to walk you through exactly what went down here. After Jonathan Greenblatt posted on X that he talked to Linda Yaccarino about increasing censorship, a hashtag ban the ADL began to trend on X. And to my knowledge, it has been trending ever since that happened. It kind of goes up and down, fluctuates, whether it's at the top or the bottom of the trending list, but it's a big deal on X right now. And it's causing people, and when I say people, I mean leftist media and leftist pundits on X, to accuse Elon Musk Musk and X of being anti-Semitic. So Elon responded to this accusation because it's an egregious accusation. He responded to clarify what his position is, what the position of his company, X, is. We can bring this up on the screen. He says, to be super clear, I'm pro-free speech, but against anti-Semitism of any kind. That seems perfectly clear to me. Then he details what the Anti-Defamation League has been doing to X since he acquired, well, it was Twitter at the time, since he acquired Twitter. He said, since the acquisition, the ADL has been trying to kill this platform by falsely accusing it and me of being anti-Semitic. That's a pretty serious accusation that Elon Musk is leveraging. And I think a lot of people said, oh, wow, they have? Like, do you have receipts for this? And in fact, he does. So Elon then posted on X, to show the enormity of this problem or the breadth of this problem, he said, our U.S. advertising revenue is still down 60%, primarily due to pressure on advertisers by ADL. That's what advertisers tell us. So they almost succeeded in killing X slash Twitter. So then this kind of answers the question that I posed before of, well, who makes that phone call? Who pressures companies to boycott? Who... What happens in the interim when woke corporations aren't woke and then go woke, or when anti-unwoke celebrities become woke, who's making that phone call? Well, Elon Musk is answering that. Then he says he's not going to sit by idly and let this happen. He posted and said, 
if this continues, meaning these accusations that he and X are anti-Semitic, he said, we will have no choice but to file a defamation suit against, ironically, the Anti-Defamation League. He put anti-defamation in quotation marks. He said, if they lose the defamation suit, we will insist that they drop the anti part of their name since, obviously, dot, 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 and then laughing face. What's interesting is other users on X began talking about the ADL because the ADL is one of those things. It's almost hard to criticize the ADL because of the sterling reputation they have built in the past and because nearly everyone in the country besides fringe minority weirdos think that the mission of the ADL is a good and moral mission, a necessary purpose in our country. But that's why it's been such an effective bully pulpit or such an effective bullying tool for the left because they can hide behind the sterling reputation. So an ex-user by the name of ALX um, pointed this out and said, it wouldn't be the first time that the Defamation League would be found to have defamed people. And he posted a headline that says, judge fines ADL $10.5 million in Colorado defamation suit. Uh, Elon then responded to that particular post saying, you know, the ADL has cost us a lot more money than that. He said, interesting, in our case, they would potentially be on the hook for destroying half the value of our company, so roughly $22 billion. Now, some users on X said, okay, that's a, that in and of itself is a huge accusation to leverage. Do you have proof that the ADL itself is responsible for the loss of $22 billion and not less than that? Maybe it's a, it's a combination of different organizations and lobbying groups. And this is what Elon Musk responded. He said, based on what we've heard from advertisers, ADL seems to be responsible for most of our revenue loss, giving them maximum benefit of the doubt. I don't see any scenario where they're responsible for less than 10% of the value destruction. So approximately 4 billion document discovery of all communications between the ADL and advertisers will tell the full story. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As the nation gears up for another election season, tune to the first TV for the best coverage on television. Get an exclusive inside look at the American political machine with Sean Spicer at 7. Unmatched analysis and historical perspective from Bill O'Reilly at 8. Then a bold, unapologetic take from Jesse Kelly at 9. It's must-see TV in primetime every night on the first TV. Watch the first on DirecTV Channel 347, Uverse Channel 1220, or DirecTV Stream. Um, then, let me bring this one up. So the, as you can see, this is quite the interesting saga There was a user named Tesla Owners Silicon Valley that asked Elon on X that are advertisers willing to come back when you tell them the truth, basically that you're not anti-Semitic. And this is what Elon responded. He said, advertisers avoid controversy. So all that is needed for ADL to crush our US and European ad revenue is to make unfounded accusations. They have much less power in Asia, so our ad revenue there is still strong. This quote unquote controversy causes advertisers to pause But that pause is permanent until ADL gives the green light, which they will not do without us agreeing 
to secretly suspend or shadow ban any account they don't like. That is the relationship they've had with X slash Twitter for many years. Presumably, they have that with all Western search or social media organizations. Now, this is where it gets really interesting. So now all of a sudden, you think about every account on any social media platform that's been shadow banned, that's gotten a strike, that's been suspended, and you think, well, was this a violation of the terms of service of that social media platform, or was this the anti-defamation league putting pressure on that social media platform to ban that individual? Well, here's the thing. The Anti-Defamation League admitted to this effort. So it's not just an accusation, it is substantiated. So the ADL admits to these efforts, ironically, in posts on X itself. This is a, a, I suppose it was called a tweet at the time from November of 2022. The ADL tweeted, today we are joining dozens of other groups to ask advertisers to pause Twitter spending because we are profoundly concerned about anti-Semitism and hate on the platform. Here's why we are asking advertisers to quote, or to hashtag stop hate for profit and hashtag stop toxic Twitter. So they admit themselves that they are asking advertisers to boycott spending any money on X because what they deem to be hate on the platform, we'll get to their definition of hate in just a minute, They also said on November 18th of 2022 on Twitter, they said, whatever happens to Twitter, a new social social platforms need to center trust and safety from the outset or risk being subject to the same fate. In the meantime, Elon Musk has put Twitter on death watch. It didn't have to be this way. That's their words, death watch. So the ADL is actually threatening Elon Musk saying, we are making an effort to kill your platform if you don't cater to what we want, which is censorship, not just of anti-Semitism, not just of actual hate, but their definition of hate. So I'm going to show you a post from Ashley St. Clair. We talked to her a couple weeks ago on the show. I know you guys really loved her. A lot of you follow her on X. She's a very fun follow on X. And she posted and said, I'm old enough to remember when the ADL smeared libs of TikTok founder Chaya Rachik, an Orthodox Jewish woman as anti-LGBT. They put her actually in their uh, glossary of extremists, libs of TikTok. This is what they wrote. This is on ADL's website. Libs of TikTok is a popular anti-LGBTQ plus Twitter account operated by former real estate agent Chaya Rachik. The account, which has over 1.3 million followers as of August 2022, attempts to generate outrage and stoke anti-LGBTQ plus hostility by reposting selected out of context social media content created by LGBTQ plus people and liberals. The individuals, events, and organizations targeted by the account are frequent targets of harassment, threats, and violence. So again, the founder of Libs of TikTok is an Orthodox Jewish woman. She is simply reposting videos that leftists, especially teachers, leftist teachers, post themselves on publicly. So these, these people that post this stuff publicly want it to be seen, but they don't want it to be seen by conservatives or parents who will hold them accountable for it. This is what the ADL actually stands for. And Elon jumps in here and he goes, Uh, The ADL did actually push Twitter to ban Libs of TikTok. So it wasn't just that Libs of TikTok was added to the ADL glossary of extremists. He says, ADL has pushed hard for us to shut down accounts like Chaya's, even though it has nothing to do with anti-Semitism, which is their supposed charter. Um, Libs of TikTok jumps in here and says to Elon, and I'm going to read you this, 
She says, Dear Elon, please consider releasing all communications and providing full transparency on the ADL and all other organizations who have pushed to censor certain accounts on Twitter slash X. Sincerely, thousands of users who have been suspended, throttled, silenced, and shadow banned. To which Elon Musk responded and said, great point, a giant data dump would clear the air. So hopefully we'll be able to see what I would call the ADL Twitter files. This is going to be as juicy as the Twitter file, the original Twitter files that showed the FBI and the Department of Justice, the Department of Homeland Security pressuring Twitter to censor conservatives. The ADL, if we see this, I promise you, we will see the ADL trying to censor, silence, throttle, and ban conservatives that, and this has nothing to do with anti-Semitism. This only has to do with very liberal, far leftist, even Marxist causes. For example, the ADL is a supporter of the Black Lives Matter movement. This is posted on their own website. I'm gonna bring this up to show you. Now, what on earth would this have to do with anti-Semitism? You might ask. It doesn't. But on the ADL's website, it says, we support the Black Lives Matter movement. We've joined efforts to eradicate systemic racism and policing, implement crucial reforms, and root out the threat of white supremacist extremists in law enforcement. At the national and local levels, we work with a variety of coalition partners to fight and oppose systemic racism. And see, this makes no sense because the Black Lives Matter movement seeks to defund the police, perhaps ultimately to abolish the police. And in the case of, for example, the Hasidic Jews in New York, they're the, the frequent target of violent hate crimes. And what's going to happen to them if police is defunded or abolished? They are going to be the victims even more often than they already are. This is completely counter to the ADL's supposed mission of exposing and stopping anti-Semitism. And then, of course, this shows, perhaps more accurately than anything else, that the ADL is now just a radical leftist political organization because the ADL is trying to get Tucker Carlson booted off of X. In fact, they're trying to hold advertisers hostage until Elon Musk, or unless Elon Musk, booted Tucker Carlson. So, for example, let me bring this up. Jonathan Greenblatt, the CEO of the ADL, says, if Linda Yaccarino wants to attract Fortune 500 advertisers and Elon Musk wants to create a genuine public square, it might be wise not to give this obvious anti-Semite such a huge megaphone. Let Tucker and his ilk push their hate somewhere else. So if this isn't an obvious shakedown, then I don't know what is. I mean, this is a public way of Jonathan Greenblatt, the CEO of the ADL, telling Twitter that they are going to um, coerce Fortune 500 company advertisers not to spend their money on X unless Elon Musk censors and bans Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson, who is not an anti-Semite. Tucker Carlson is simply a right-wing figure that left-wing figures do not like. Furthermore, the Anti-Defamation League, this is, this is just to show you that the Anti-Defamation League has nothing to do with combating anti-Semitism anymore. They called the Great Reset a conspiracy theory, even though it's obviously not. And then, of course, we have this video of Jonathan Greenblatt himself, the CEO of the ADL, talking about what the ADL's mission or what their agenda is with social media companies. And while he begins by talking about anti-Semitism, hidden after he talks about anti-Semitism is his real agenda, which is to censor anyone who is questioning the official mainstream media Democrat narrative on January 6th, including President Trump. Take a listen to this. The ADL, our center for technology and society, works actively with all the kind of companies of Silicon Valley, from Apple to Zoom, if you will, from Amazon to Microsoft to Meta, and indeed to Twitter. 
We've dealt with them for years, helping them tackle the challenges of hate speech on their service. We point things out, we share information, but what we've said again and again and again, and I've had the privilege of speaking directly to Elon a few times, the reason why we are so concerned is because we think Twitter is such a consequential service. And again, allowing people who created the toxicity on the platform that led to real world violence. Keep in mind that the conspiracy theories that dominated on Twitter for so long exploded in places like Pittsburgh, Poway, El Paso, and of course, ultimately in Washington, D.C. on January the 6th. So what I would say very clearly is that to you, as I've told Elon Musk, as I've told others, we need these companies to engage constructively, smartly, use their innovation to tackle hate speech. I see that chart you put up. That contradicts what we're seeing at ADL. We've seen anti-Semitic speech stay up there longer than ever before. We've been you know, indicating when we've seen toxic content, it's not coming down nearly as quickly as in the past. And considering that the human resources have been massively depleted at the company, that would seem to figure and loom large as to why it's happening today. Look, at the end of the day, Katie, ADL, and I think so many of us want Twitter to work for all of its users, for journalists like yourself, for watchdogs like my organization, for the whole country. But tackling hate speech needs to be all of our commitment because freedom of speech isn't the freedom to slander people, Katie, right? Freedom of expression shouldn't be the freedom to incite violence. That shouldn't be okay no matter who's running the company. So you see exactly what he did there. He sandwiched his radical leftist ideology in between anti-Semitism and anti-Semitism so that it becomes more difficult for people to say, well, wait a second, wait a second. You're talking about January 6th. You say that, that comments on X leading up to January 6th incited violence on January 6th. That has nothing to do with anti-Semitism. But he sandwiches that between anti-Semitism so that he can point to you if you criticize him and say, what, you support anti-Semitic speech? You must be an anti-Semite too, which is exactly what he's doing to Elon Musk and to X in order to hold them, um, to hold advertisers hostage to try to stop the free speech that Elon Musk has brought back to X. Now, Jonathan Greenblatt, as you can tell, is a radical leftist himself. We don't even need to prove this, but just a little information on his background he worked in the Bill Clinton White House. He worked at the National Economic Council in the Clinton White House. And then Jonathan Greenblatt worked as a special assistant to the president in the Barack Obama White House. So this is a deeply entrenched in Democrat politics operative, Jonathan Greenblatt, who has weaponized the ADL as a radical leftist apparatus that actually demeans anti-Semitism. It's, it's, it's harming the cause of fighting against anti-Semitism because he's like the boy who cried wolf. He is accusing people who aren't anti-Semites of being anti-Semitic just because he wants censorship on free speech because he's a leftist who doesn't believe in free expression and wants to criminalize speech, which dissents from his radical leftist ideology. That's an evil, bad thing to do an evil bad thing to do, and the false accusations that he's leveraging against Elon Musk, the ADL has admitted that they will leverage false accusations against people if, or countries in this case, if the entity doesn't do what the ADL wants them to do. In Iceland, for example, I wanna bring this up because I wanna read this exactly. In Iceland, they were, the country was considering banning male circumcision. This is obviously a religious ritual for practicing Jews. And this is a letter the ADL 
wrote to Iceland threatening to falsely smear Iceland as anti-Semitic if they did not back away from this proposed ban on male circumcision. They wrote, given that 28% of Iceland's tourists come from North Amer- came from North America in 2016, Iceland's standing in the U.S. should be of great concern from an economic perspective. We are confident that the vast majority of American tourists will avoid a country whose reputation is associated with Nazism, even if that association is not justified. So what are they doing? He's threatening Iceland to basically call them Nazis and smear their reputation and hurt their country's tourism revenue if Iceland doesn't cave to his radical leftist agenda. So he's admitting that they use false smears against against entities in order to get their way. The ADL, by the way, has done this same kind of advertiser boycott um, effort against Facebook as well. It was effective against Facebook. And the ADL, by the way, has platformed gross open anti-Semites like Al Sharpton. Al Sharpton used to be one of the most prominent anti-Semites in the country. Now he's an accepted figure in Democrat politics because Jonathan Greenblatt and the ADL partnered with him, normalized him, brought him back into the mainstream, even though he he is an absolutely virulent, bloodthirsty anti-Semite. In, I, in the words of Stephen Miller, Stephen Miller posted on X in response to this, and I thought that this was one of the best summations of this entire situation. This is what he said. He said, speaking as a Jew, ADL is not a Jewish organization. It's an ultra-left activist organization that pushes radical transgenderism, border erasure, police dismantlement, and the demolition of free speech, deploying rank slander, bullying, and character assassination to achieve its aims. These views and tactics are expressly contrary to sacred Jewish and biblical teaching. When justly criticized, ADL and its defenders falsely claim anti-Semitism, thereby diminishing all past and present victims of anti-Semitism. In fact, conflating criticism of ADL with criticism of Jews is itself an anti-Semitic trope. Bottom line, ADL is a disreputable organization that has gravely undermined Jewish interests and is worthy of the strongest condemnation. I read that and my response was amen to that because anyone that hides behind a shield of pretending that their political disagreement with you is a fight against anti-Semitism is the boy who cried wolf. And if you cry wolf enough times, then people become desensitized to hearing, oh, something is anti-Semitic, which means that when there are actual cases of anti-Semitism, actual anti-Semitic violence that happens, people are going to ignore it more often if someone has been crying wolf using the fake allegation of anti-Semitism just to pursue a far leftist agenda. That is what the ADL is doing specifically to Elon Musk. And kudos to Elon for exposing the fact that they are the driving force behind censorship on social media platforms. A lot of us probably didn't know that. A lot of us wondered, well, who actually is the one controlling these social media platforms? Who is the one pressuring corporations to censor conservatives? Well. Now we have our answer. I hope Elon does sue the ADL. I hope there's discovery. I hope we find out exactly who the ADL has tried to censor and stifle and silence and ultimately ban. Our country and the cause of fighting against anti-Semitism will be better for it. All right. 
On that note, we have time for one more random thing from the internet. This is an 18-year-old high school student giving a speech. Take a look. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and only ladies and gentlemen it is and shall always be. I am an 18-year-old high school student and wanted to take this time to bring to your attention the current issue with biological men claiming they are women and in turn truly believing that they are entitled to use women's spaces. There was an incident within our district that occurred recently regarding a transgender woman who really is a bio biological man having an altercation with a young woman at MLK High School. It was infuriating when I had seen the video on social media, but what was detrimental to this is the fact that this man is and has been using the women's restroom and locker room. Firstly, the question we must address is why are we affirming the mental confusion of this boy and putting the safety of women in jeopardy by allowing mentally confused men to use the women's spaces? Of course, any male who claims he is a woman will accept it, but what about the women? What about the true girls like myself who are female down to our DNA? Why don't we ever get a say in whether or not we are comfortable with this? The truth is, we aren't. The majority of us aren't, and yet nothing has been done to protect the safety of these women. I will conclude with this. It all starts with you. You are in charge of the safety of us women and, our, and the parent and the kids of our parents. So, so please do something about it. Thank you. What an amazing young woman. If you are not inspired, I mean, we often rag on Gen Z on this show because Gen Z has some really silly qualities if you want to be, if you want to generalize about Gen Z. But there are young men and young women just like this girl, an 18-year-old who is pushing back against the insanity that has been shoved down her throat, who has experienced it herself, the discrimination and lack of safety that happens when biological men who identify as women are called women and allowed in locker rooms and bathrooms and how grotesque of an experience as a young woman that is, and she was unafraid to push back. That gives me hope for our country, hope for the future, that Gen Z is not entirely lost, that there are young people who are fighting for sanity to prevail. And you know what? One person fighting back, two people fighting back, speaking out, being unafraid makes a huge difference. Guys, we are less than three weeks away from the launch of my upcoming book, Hide Your Children, Exposing the Marxists Behind the Attack on America's Kids. Maybe you're tired of hearing me talk about it because I've been making this same pitch to you for about a month and a half now, but I cannot express my excitement that you are going to soon be able to dive into this book. I want to hear what you think of it. I want to hear whether you agree with my critique of the Republican Party and my plan for what we as conservatives must do, how we must utilize the government to take back institutions that have been captured by literal Marxists. So you can go to hideyourchildrenbook.com Order your copy now. It'll be in your mailbox on release day or at the very latest, the morning after release day. Go to hideyourchildrenbook.com. Get your copy. Thank you for watching tonight. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.